Harvey Maige, an electrical engineering student at Mapua University, invented a plastic-like material that makes renewable energy from rotting fruits and vegetables. His invention won the first James Dyson Award for Sustainability in 2020, beating a record 1,800 entries from around the world. And now he's fielding inquiries from electric car manufacturers who are interested in his technology. Mr. Maiga's story is about persistence. He first joined the James Dyson Awards in 2018 with the same idea and didn't even make it past the national level. In this episode of B-Side, he talks to Business World reporter Patricia B. Marisol about his company, Area System Technology, and the commercial applications of his invention. He also talks about thinking small, as small as the rotting fruits and vegetables in your kitchen, and how thinking small can lead to something big, like an entire ecosystem built on a novel material that turns stray UV light into renewable energy. First of all, congratulations for winning the James Dyson Award for Sustainability. Let's talk about this invention that you made that won the award. What was your inspiration for this invention? And can you walk us through the process for how you actually invented this material? The invention actually is a collection of different inspirations and events that occurred in my life for the past years. But if there would be one overarching idea, it would be that for us to fight climate change, to have access to renewable energy is something that we can really rally onto. If ultraviolet rays can still penetrate even during cloudy days or even during rainy days, why can't we use that phenomena for us to create energy? And I think incorporating that capability to existing solar energy solutions would be something that would benefit us and allow us to have more access to renewable energy. Climate change is a global issue, but one of the countries that is most affected by it is the Philippines. A perfect example would be the fruits and crops in Benguet. The vegetables and the fruits, they tend to become underripened, and thus they were not able to reach that maturity level that they can be finally resold to markets. So is there something that we can do for this? Might as well find a method on how we can integrate this into creating a sustainable energy solution. That's so cool. So you're also helping the farmers. You are buying the crops that aren't viable anymore. And you're using that to create this plastic-like material for electricity. Can you tell me a bit about the science? Because I can't quite comprehend how it works. I have this plastic material that you made. So how do I use this to convert UV energy into electricity? It works in two stages. So first, the material absorbs the UV light and then it converts it into visible light. So that would be the first stage. Then the second stage would be this visible light would then be converted into electricity using solar cells. So solar cells or photovoltaic films, they are the same materials that we are using for our solar panels. When they say that, how do you feel towards your competitors, the existing solar panel manufacturers, I always tell them that I am not really a competitor against them. Rather, I created something that would complement the existing technology that they have. I'm actually converting UV into visible light so that the existing solar panels that we have can capture this visible light and convert it into electricity. 
Because currently, our existing solar energy solutions cannot convert UV light directly into electricity. How efficient is it and how effective is it as compared to other types of renewable types of energy? So what I always say is that in terms of thermodynamics, it's a bit more encompassing towards the computation of real efficiencies. It's around 10 to 12%. But the advantage of this technology is that it is capable of working and functioning for a larger range of time throughout the day. Now, what do I mean by that? Solar panels, the existing solar panels that we have, would really peak at around 10 to 2 p.m. Because that's the time when the sun is shining really bright. And if the angle of the panels are correct, the solar panels would be able to harvest the maximum amount of power that it can during those times. My technology, on the other hand, since we are using and capturing UV light, it can function even as early as 6 a.m. up to later parts of the day as long as there's sunlight. Because what we're doing is we're capturing UV light that penetrates even the clouds. And since UV light tends to bounce around, our advantage versus current solutions is that we can build and install these plates, these panels, on areas that are not directly facing the sun. The advantage of that now is that we would not need large pieces of land to create solar farms. We can now create vertical solar farms using only a small footprint of land by installing them either as walls or windows for vertical development such as skyscrapers and buildings. There's also this added advantage for better well-being, especially for people living in urban areas because we are helping them mitigate the harmful effects of UV while producing clean electricity. Now let's talk a little bit about the commercial viability of your invention because you also already mentioned how inventors can also be entrepreneurs. As for the plans, currently I am looking at three horizons. So the first horizon would be to enter the market by offering window and wall solutions. We have solutions that can be built specifically for the needs of the building. At the same time, we have solutions that can be retrofitted on existing buildings. For the second horizon, we are planning to incorporate and collaborate with e-vehicle manufacturers. This would be electric cars, electric aviation craft, and watercrafts as well. There's people from these kinds of industries that contacted me and asked, are you willing to collaborate with us? And I think it's also a validation because definitely validation on the science side is very different if it would be validated on the business side. And I think that initial interest is really a wonderful affirmation that our technology is something that works. Now for the Horizon 3, we are planning to integrate the technology as well on e-textiles or on fabrics and eventually to clothing. The plan is for the Horizons 1, 2, 3 to be released within the next 2 to 3 years. For the mentors, there are really lots of great people. I'm hoping to learn more about how I can grow this from an invention into a full-fledged startup. And that would happen hopefully on the first quarter to the second quarter of 2021. Being a scientist and inventor yourself, what are the typical challenges of young Filipino scientists? And moving forward, what other pressing problems should young Filipino scientists tackle? For the whole invention journey, I think one of the hardest 
challenges that we can face is this innate thinking in us that once we invented something here in the Philippines, it would be something that would just be wasted or would just be overlooked and would not be appreciated. So I think that's the very, very first challenge. I hope that it sparks that possibility in them that even though we are in the Philippines, we do have the talent and we do have the caliber to compete and be recognized globally. And knowing the people also from Dyson, I realized that they are very excited also to help us, to reach out to us, to see us on how we can develop more solutions to different problems that we have. And the next, technically, it would definitely be when it comes to R&D. Performing experiments is definitely a part of creating something. In my case, I just made use of what's available in the house, especially my mom's kitchen. I use all her different tools and whatnot. And I realized that sometimes the goal is not to create something perfectly, but at least to test the fundamentals and the concepts behind it. Because if we would be able to prove that it functions even on the minimal level, it means that if we would be able to develop better processes, better methods, to better funding, it would definitely work. And also, I think one of the struggles is actually finding what to invent. It's enough to find a problem of a person very close to you. What is it that they're struggling with in terms of farming? Is there any tools that might improve what they're doing in the kitchen? Are there things that you think might make their work more efficient? Things like that. Inventing is a very long process. And sometimes you would really tire out. But if the inspiration is some person very close to you, I think that's already a great motivation to carry on and to move forward. For the problem, just look around you. There are things around you that you may think that's very simple, that you might overlook. But in reality, that may be the starting point to create something big that eventually would change the world. I would just like to share three principles that I found as I look back on my inventor journey, first, what I realized is that if you would want to create something, we should not box ourselves to a specific industry or to a specific field where we are at. I think it's better if we would allow ourselves to immerse into different kinds of experiences as well. So as for me, I can say that I am in the field of engineering, but the inspiration for the technology didn't come just from the engineering concepts alone. And also, in the Philippines, definitely, we have this mindset that if you want to invent something, you have to either choose a stable job or to pursue the path of invention and hope that eventually you would hit that jackpot. There's this disconnect. And for me, what I realized is that you do not have to treat the concept of inventing as a 9-to-5 job, but rather treat it as a 24-7 lifestyle. By having this mindset that you want and are willing to create and invent things, you just have to be open that certain ideas might just pop up from these different kinds of experiences. And from there, you can create something new. I hope that in that manner, students, people would not be afraid of choosing the path to creating stuff, to inventing, to innovating. Lastly, I think self-acceptance is also a part of the journey, not just for yourself, but for the invention as well. 
by being someone who accepts your flaws or the invention's flaws, we can remove that bias of being in love with our invention, with our product, by being able to see what parts we should improve on, by seeing what are the defects or what are the bad parts of it. Because I think that would be very important if you want to develop it, if you want to make it better. Do not be discouraged because it's not the invention that you are pursuing, but rather the solution to the very problem that you hope to solve. Thank you for sharing your guiding life principles. So what I heard from that is that you have to be open, you have to be curious, you have to be humble, and you have to be a lifelong learner because it's a journey. We Filipinos can invent, and at the same time, we Filipinos can create this ecosystem that would positively impact different sectors here in the Philippines and deliver this material, this technology, this process to the world. And that includes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Carvi Maige, inventor and first winner of the James Dyson Award for Sustainability, talking with Business World reporter Patricia B. Mirasol. A few takeaways from their conversation. Filipinos have the talent and the caliber to compete and be recognized globally, Mr. Maige says. And sometimes, our biggest enemies are ourselves. We have to get over the mindset that we don't have what it takes, because we do. This episode of B-Side was recorded remotely in December 2020. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.